0: to the breaking wax podcast welcome to the breaking wax podcast i'm don and today we're gonna have brandon aka bro nameth and we're gonna talk about some of the things that we see in the hobby maybe talk about some sports or whatever you know the reason this podcast exists is just that i have a lot of cool friends and we like to talk about stuff so why not put it out there like everybody else is doing um Without further ado, Brandon, I don't know if you want to give a quick introduction or say who you are, and then we'll kind of jump into some things. Hey, what's going on, everyone?
1: Name's Brandon, aka Bro it on Instagram. Um, and I'm looking forward to this. I know it's uh, Breaking the Wax, his first podcast. So I feel privileged to be on the first one. So appreciate you having me on.
0: Yeah, no worries, man. Uh, so, I guess the state of everything in the hobby, right? We always save the hobby, but for me, when you say the hobby, it's a little bit of everything, um, cards, comic books, and then a couple other things that people are venturing into. Um, and it's been kind of a wild ride over the last year with COVID, um, and really seeing where people are putting their money and what they're investing in. Um, and I, and I don't want this podcast to just be about investing. I just want it to be more of a general conversation. So like me and you talk all the time, right? Um, but I think it, it just hasn't been that fun lately. And I think it's a combination of things. But I think more importantly is everyone is saying is the hobby is tanking. What, what's your take on that? So that's a really loaded
1: uh, statement, right? Um, when you say hobby, like you said earlier, I'm not just thinking cards. I'm thinking comics. I'm thinking, uh, you know, everything. Everything that involves in that. Uh, tickets. Um, there's a lot of other things in the hobby that are doing really well and having really good strength gains. Um, it's just cards right now are just kind of caught in this weird rift. Um, and I'm not saying all cards, but most certainly your base cards are starting to see a drop in value. And I also think I'm a firm believer that once PSA uh, catches up with this backlog, you're going to see even more of a slaughtering of, uh, of prices, um, right. as well as we're seeing the slaughtering of grades. Cause that is a whole nother topic of conversation.
0: Right, right. Yeah, you're right. It is a loaded uh, question and statement, I guess. But from, you know, just a few things that you said, I think base cards, um, it's just a correction, right? Like how, how many, Z- I don't even know what the pop reports are. And this podcast, we're not going to be technically with all the facts and statistics. But, you know, I, I can only imagine that like a Zion PSA 10 prism is probably double or triple triple what the Lucas are. Only because Panini is like everyone else, you know. If everyone's buying cards and it's hot, of course they printed more than they did in eighteen nineteen. You know what I mean? Um, of course, yeah, yeah. So I don't, I don't know what those prices are right now. I can kind of pull them up as we're I talking think, to. I think
1: Zion PSA ten base prism is hovering around five hundred dollars. Right. Um, you know, it just. You can't blame Panini, right? And and the thing is that you want to blame Panini for all of the issues in the hobby, and it's really not Panini. It's everyone else. It's it's the greed of everyone. Um, we've had an influx of people into the hobby now that uh, weren't here two years ago, or even a year ago, or even six months ago, that are influencing these markets, um, and they're they're grading everything. The multiplier on grading was so phenomenal for so long that yep. i think that maybe we also had a grading correction um, the selection of cards that are being graded are, are being much more combed through versus before you would rip a box of cards you might end up having 15 or 20 cards you grade out of that box um, now you can barely afford to buy a box to rip and then when you do rip it you may only send two cards in the grid. So th- I think there's just a correction across the board. Um, Penny obviously didn't help by raising their prices and PSA didn't help by raising their price or Beckett, but um, we just have so many more people, you know, the whole, the whole notion of rip, quick grade and flip that's gone. Um, yep. It's just, c- it's completely buried now. Now it's more of a lottery ticket of ripping.
0: It, it really is. And, uh, you know, and I, I switched focus probably six seven even longer than that of not buying boxes and just buying singles to grade if I was going to grade and and for me like switching back to when I got back into the hobby you know you're one of the first people that told me that you're like you know grading's a multiplier And and I wasn't thinking that and for me I wasn't thinking of it as a cash grab I thought of it as if I grade these cards they get PSA 10s and like the Zions, and I can get some worth out of them, then that's an easy way for me to make my collection better and to get bigger cards yep. that are worth more or rarer, you know, to have in the PC instead of having 20 base Zion PSA tens or Lucas or whatever it is.
1: Listen, but that's it. Yeah, if no, I please I wasn't, go ahead. If I wasn't able to grade the way that I used to and sell those cards or trade those cards up to bigger cards, I would not be where I'm at in this hobby. No shot. I made a right. ton of money and I made a lot of right plays to climb my way up to be able to, to get these big cards and be able to have capital in the hobby to be able to, to move freely without having to stress or pull money from savings or check an account. I was able to play with that money. And now it's, you know, I mean, obviously because I was able to do that, I'm able to have more chips on the table. But if you're just getting in, I mean, it's tough. And I think that's why we're seeing people fighting at Walmart and Target to be able to get stuff at cheap prices, to be able to rip and maybe try to follow that trend or, or sell them immediately or sell them sealed, I mean, at this point, it just you buying a box of cards off a of peenies website for two grand for a box of prism basketball, I think you're under right now if you try to sell it. I think it's under two grand, right? I, I don't. It is, yeah, It's yeah.
0: it, it's dropped slightly. Um, I think. It's like anything else in the hobby. When stuff releases, it's super high. I mean, I, th- I think like last year, we won't really see that where things are going to just keep quadrupling, going higher and higher. I mean, maybe that stuff two years ago, long term will keep going up because there's Zion's in it or Lucas. But I think like this draft class is OK. You know, like Lamelo's good. I think Anthony Edwards is. But uh, so what I was saying is, is like, I don't I don't think box prices are going to just they can't stay that high and continue to stay that high when there's no value. I mean, it's, yeah. like, it's like just playing the lottery. That's all it yeah. is.
1: It is. It's extremely expensive, the price point to get into ripping. Um, you know, if if Prism this year was $800 a box, I'd probably buy a bunch. And I tell you because I think this draft class is sneaky good, similar to what it was with Jason Tatum's year where there were some good players, but no one thought they were going to be the face of the NBA. And we actually got a pretty good draft out of that draft class. So I would, I would compare this draft class to that draft class, where I'm sure we'll have a couple of sleepers pick up for the next couple of years. But it's just, it's just too expensive, man. It just doesn't make any sense. And when you start to, to deep dive into it, you know, buying singles is the way to go. Buying graded is the way to go, because who wants to wait six months to grade? Uh, why
0: can't I I'll just buy graded already? Right, right, 100%. And that if, I think it's crazy, too, that, like, this last NFL quarterback class, those prices are double and triple what the previous class was with Tyler, Daniel Jones, and those guys. And I don't – you know, I think Herbert's got a, a gun, but I, I don't see the benefit in paying these prices. Like, it's mind-boggling to me. Yeah, well <laughs> –
1: Football really is the only sport across the board with that rookie class that is doing really well, right? It keeps going up. Um, And and I think people are putting money into football thinking that come football season, they're going to continue to increase. What if we don't see that? Um, I think that's what's going to happen. I think we'll have a small increase. But I think we're preloading on the front thinking that we're going to have more in the back end and we're just not going to have the dividend we would think on the back end. Um, you know, I, I'm, obviously, you know, me, I'm a big borough guy. I have been for, I don't know what, eight months, 10 months buying Burrow, And I just can't say no to some of these prices. You know, I'm selling yeah. a base, I'm selling a base Burrow um, nine, five VGS auto contenders for $4,500. I mean, what's yep. like Kyler, Kyler Murray, uh, as a true gem contenders auto was like 800 bucks, 700 bucks.
0: Yep. Yep. No, I remember uh, you got that BGS-10 Kyler. I think it was the select tie-dye, right? What, I mean, what was yeah. that, 800 bucks? I paid 600 bucks for that. Right, right. And that's, you can't even, I don't even know what a, a Herbert or a Burrow is going for, but I imagine it's triple that <laughs> right now. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's it's astronomical. I mean, I
1: think Jalen Hurts tie-dye is a uh, double what I paid for that Kyler pristine tie-dye. Yeah.
0: It it just it doesn't make like to me, it it just doesn't make any sense. And I think what we're seeing and a lot of people have pointed this out, right? We're not the first ones, but I think it's just starting earlier with these Mm -hmm. injects of price. So like before basketball season, I I got a, a huge PSA order back and I moved all the base cards, like all the Kobe whites, all the Zions, all the Jaws, everything to get into baseball early. And it was for me, it was the right move. And I remember at the time, I, I mean, I think you said something to me, but a lot of people were like, why are you moving all this basketball stuff now? Like basketball season hasn't started. And I was like, well, baseball season's even further away and the prices are so much better in baseball than basketball. And so, I mean, at that time for comparison, I know I sold 10 Kobe White base prism cards for like 185 bucks a piece. No, and, and those, and that, are, and those are in the ground right now, aren't they? Yeah, they're like 50 bucks. And at the time, I was on the low end for the a base Kobe White Prism card. And yeah. I was like, well, this makes sense to me. I could sell these 10 and buy Lewis Robert first, a Wander first, you know, whatever I wanted at, at that time in October or whenever it was. Um, but now I think everybody's just – everyone's constantly looking for this next, next, next. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I just I, – I think cards are – they're, they're correcting price-wise where prices are, of course, they got to come down. Um, I think there's still money to be made. It's just going to be harder, like you said, with the grading fees, the turnaround times. Like before, I, when I sent 200 cards to PSA, I didn't really look at them that closely. Like I looked at them for smudge marks and anything obvious. But, I mean, in the future, $100, $300 a pop, I, you better believe I got the, the uh, magnifying glass out looking at every <laughs> fine detail, you know?
1: But let me, let me tell you this though, man, like you bring up a great point and we're talking about investing and the timeline in which that looks like for cards. And typically cards don't have this dramatic of a drop that we're seeing and people are doing it early, right? You were buying baseball. I was buying baseball back in October, you know, November, December, like we were buying baseball and everyone was like, all oh, laughing at us. And then baseball season was like, what, maybe a month and a half, two months out. And I started selling all of my baseball. Yep. And I was getting insane prices for all my baseball. Then come, come season, spring training, it all of a sudden just kind of stopped. There was like a, like a breath that everyone just held in their mouth. And like no one was really buying. Everyone kind of like stayed back a little bit. And then cars just, and baseball just started to come down a little bit. Um, you know, you look at Wander's prices. His prices are way down. Like I was getting top dollar for Wander uh, Bowman First Autos. Uh, when I was selling two months before when it came out, but he was the number one prospect again. And then all that hype came in and about two, three weeks after that, that's when I was selling. And, uh, you know, I just think you have to pick and choose when you're going to sell, when you're going to buy. I think that's, that's one of the most underrated things in any hobby is knowing the market trends and when to get in and when to get out. If you're in this solely for making money, you better bet your ass. You need to understand those market trends. If you're in this for oh, yeah. for collecting You also need to know these market trends because that gives you a window to be able to buy what you want to collect. You can't be naive to the fact of market trends. You have to understand them like the back of your hand.
0: Yep. Yeah. There's, there's a lot to go into it. And I think for me with the tanking and not, I don't, I don't, I haven't lost the love for baseball, basketball, for sports cards, but it's, it's starting to be a little draining, you know, with, like you said, with the grading fees, the turnaround times, I think, Last time I checked between PSA and then I submitted a lot of cards to uh, CGC, which is CSG for their cards now. Um, I think I have like 700 cards out. And I honestly, I just want to get them all in to ch- either trade up or move them for like my new number one passion for me as far as a PC goes is comic books. And, um, you know, Bobby, our buddy Bobby Tuchens is super into the comic books. But I remember even... Over a year ago, two years ago, you were like, comic books, comic books. And for me, it's like all this stuff from when I was a kid. So I've just been buying comic books that I like. And and you hit it on earlier. The comic book market is not down. It is on fire. Mm-hmm. It, I mean... It,
1: it, it, the, yeah, the, growth, the growth is, is far more healthy in comics than it is in cards. Comics don't see a 20 X multiplier in
0: two weeks. You just don't right. see it. Right. So what, so what's your strategy, not strategy. So what do you like to buy for comic books?
1: Uh, you know, it, if looking to get into comics, um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of things you can look into, but the, the most glaring the most obvious is who's having a movie come out. Who's having a show come out in Disney plus now. Um, whether it's Star Wars or obviously Marvel with all their, their headliners they have coming out. If you understand that and you understand first appearances and their values, obviously are the greatest in the comic book world. You want appearances yeah. of so-and-so character. Um, depending on the age of the book, the grade really doesn't matter as much as the presentation. So if you're looking for you know, Amazing Fantasy 15, which is first appearance of Spider-Man, uh, you know, CGC, Three uh, O without any tape or anything like that on it would be spectacular. You're also going to be looking at about forty grand, and this scales right. out of ten. So you're looking at a three O costs you forty grand. I mean, it gets expensive, but the money in comics is, I think, far greater. And I say far greater because there are true collectors in comic books, where everyone, except for maybe Tyler on Instagram, is in cards for the sole purpose to flip them. No right. one is in cards to truly collect them anymore. And it's sad because I used to collect cards when I was a kid. I know you did. Like we loved that. And there was that passion. Right. And the, kid, the kids drive that collectability and, and they give value to the, the collecting side of things. Kids can't buy anything anymore. You think they can no. walk in with their mom and say, hey, mom, I know I got my A on my test. And you said you're going to buy me a pack of cards. And they go in, and, oh, listen, ma'am. All we have is one pack of contenders and it's two hundred and fifty fucking dollars for one pack. Are you kidding me? Right, right, like,
0: right.
1: I mean, you just price them all out. So you don't have collectors anymore. But guess what? Those same kids can go to a comic book store and they can get a comic book for two fifty for two dollars right. and fifty cents. Not right. two hundred <laughs> no, and fifty dollars.
0: No, and and I think to to even further that point, like if you're a kid and you wanted to get your favorite favorite book that was coming out like a recent release or new releases, it's like 50 bucks and you can buy them from the comic book stores where they'll pre-sell them guarantee a 9.8 which in all intents and purposes is like a Beckett 9.5 right Um, that's the highest it'll go I mean there are tens of comic books out there but they're pretty hard to get Um, it'd be like getting a black label right? But but, So back to what I I was saying I'd say the
1: 9.8 98, is like a PSA 10
0: yeah right Right. Yeah. So, but like, you know, um, there's a couple of these new artists doing books and I've, I've been pre-ordering some of the books. I like the artwork. So for me, I like the artwork too, the comic book. So I've, I've been pre-ordering and they guarantee a 9.8. That's anywhere from like 60 bucks to a hundred bucks. And that's something people could get into relatively easy. um, The nostalgia factor aside. But for me, like my whole thing with the comic books is I I've just been buying things from my childhood that I like. Like I liked Wolverine. Um, his first appearance is way out of my price range. Like I'm I'm a small fish in a big sea. You're the big dog. Um, I, so I I've, so I've been looking for like you know. So in November, I think it was November, I bought Wolverine's first solo book. Um, like I said, because I couldn't afford his first appearance, and it was four hundred bucks. And I think now. Like, like you're saying, like the multipliers of comic books, that's a thousand dollar book now in a matter of months.
1: Yep. But it's been healthy growth, though, right? You know, it's oh, we've yeah. seen it gradually climb. It hasn't been this like out of nowhere.
0: Right. Right. And the, and the thing with the comic books, like we were talking about the other day, is that that books from 1982, uh, regardless of what the pop count is, they're not making more of those Um mm-hmm. And that's the thing with the comic books is, you know, a lot of them are super old, um, and the pop count, the pop report's going to be super low on them. Um, and if you do find any on eBay that are raw, they're still going to sell for a lot of money because people, real collectors, are looking for that stuff. Dude, you you can go to China, South America,
1: Africa, Russia, Europe, and you can ask someone who Spider Man is every single person will know who Spider-Man is. If you right. ask who Ronald Acuna Jr. is, they're gonna be like, who? Right. So right. We are, we're talking about a global scale, you know, similar to, to Pokemon, but obviously I think Marvel is, is much larger than uh, Pokemon because yeah, I think you touch on a lot of different uh, countries and regions versus Pokemon. is really heavy uh, in just certain ones, but really saturated, right? Like, you know, obviously in Asia it's really saturated. Um, but, but you're talking about one of those levels. You're talking about a level of a Pokemon Marvel. Like, that's a big, big marketability thing to look at. I and mean, if you're looking at long term, they're not stopping any of these movies. Like, they're no. just releasing more and they're getting better and they're introducing different characters and different um, universes into this whole arc that is going to tie everything together. Like, they're not going anywhere. And comics are going to keep going up they're going to continue to have certain moments and i just think it's fun right like for us like cards the chase is fun and i have that same enthusiasm with comics right now where i just don't have it with cards and i think it's a lot of the people that are now into cards are the same people that drove me away from sneakers like i don't want to deal i don't want to deal with that same type of reseller or that same type of just you know um scammer or fraud like that's 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 why I got out or got just, yep. just nasty taste in my mouth from sneakers.
0: Right. No, a hundred percent. Cause sneakers went from like being able, like for me, it went from being like, I played basketball in school. Um, so everything was always about Jordans. And then I was like, I'm i I'm a true sneakerhead. Like I love all the air maxes, um, everything. And I know everything and anything about sneakers. Like it's almost disgusting how much knowledge I have on sneakers. But for me, it's the same thing. Like it went from, having a shot at getting them to having no shot. And then as I got older, you know, sneakers kind of fell to the wayside. I always had my Jordans and stuff I collected, but then, you know, you get older, you get a job and a career. And then I was like, you know, I'm not waiting in line. I'm not doing a raffle. I I will just buy the sneakers I want and be done with it. You know? Um, So I think that kind of, and the quality went down too a lot of times with, with Nike and forget it with Reebok and Adidas, but you know so I think the passion went away and then you know cards came back into my life and now I, I still like cards but with the tanking I just it's like it's a lot man like you have to do so much research look at so much stuff to just stay ahead and, and I'm not staying ahead for me it's not about making the money as much as like keeping certain things so like you said, as far as collecting, so I I just made a decision a couple months ago, like I'm only going to collect and keep forever like Tom Brady rookie card, Kobe Bryant rookie card, a Jordan, if I ever get one um, and things like that. And I think the difference between the comic books and the cards for me is that I'm not looking to move any comic books because I think they're long term. Like you said, they're only going to go up. Um, I was just looking at some of my purchase history and like, I bought a Silver Surfer, his first solo book. That's from 1968. They're, like I said, they're not going to make more of those. There's not that many graded. That's something that I, I like, and I'm going to hold on for a very long time, and hopefully my grandkids or whoever will get it, and they can do whatever they want with it by then. But
1: The thing, the <laughs> thing about the comics, man, that a lot of people are not understanding is that, like I said earlier, there are far more collectors of comics. And what that means yep. is, is that these comic books, if you look at the pop reports and you compare it to a Zion prism, just a base. We're not talking all the colors and all the parallels, just a Zion base. A Zion base is like seven, six times the pop report of an amazing Spider-Man issue number one. Think about right. that for a second, okay? Right. So we're sitting here and we're talking about, okay, well, the population super low on comics. There's more collectors in comics. Which therefore means that these comics aren't sold off, locked away and stored away in comic book collections for years. Okay. Yep. These people aren't in it for the money. They're not buying with the intent to flip and sell. If they do, nine times out of ten, they're selling that book to buy a better graded copy. And that's what right, they do. Right. Or a
0: bigger book. Yeah. A bigger yeah, book.
1: That that's what they do. So they're not in it just to flip it. So you're talking about super low. Higher, higher amount of collectors and, and, and you put those two together man you're looking at a recipe for just inflation because of true reasoning not reasoning beyond someone pumping it like a gary v or you know any of these other guys like you know, elon musk just completely destroyed bitcoin today just because he made a release that they're not accepting it at tesla anymore so you know like, those are all inflated because they're just artificially inflated comics don't have that
0: Right, right. Yeah, they don't have any, uh, there's not really a false market or people pumping. I mean, that's like uh, before baseball season though, Mike Trouts were getting pumped. I don't I don't know who's the mastermind behind these pump and dump schemes unless it's <laughs> obvious, like, unless it's obvious, like you said, like Gary V. but I, I just, I'll never forget, you were like hey, you should move that Mike Trout, and I was like, really, you think so? And I was like, you know, the season hasn't even started yet, and you're like the prices are unbelievable. Move it and get something you want. And you're a hundred percent, right. Um, the prices got really high and then they leveled off a little bit, but they're not where they were when I sold my Mike Trout rookie card. So, but uh, I, you know, I didn't think we were going to talk about like all our strategies, but I guess the only good thing is whatever we do talk about, we've already been doing for weeks on end. So there's not really any secrets. Talk, talk to me <laughs> about the, ti- the ticket business. <laughs> so, I mean, we have to give all praise to Bobby,
1: right? Um, I, I will throw this in here though that I did buy a ticket prior to him buying a ticket and did tell him about tickets before. So, Bobby, that is directed towards you. Uh, but no, Bobby, Bobby's our, our buddy Chu uh, Chen on uh, Instagram, and he uh, he really went into the tickets um, really heavy. And tickets are great, you know. The first ticket I bought was Kobe's final game ticket. And I paid about $600 for it off of eBay. I think it's a PSA 7. And uh, you can't find those for cheaper than three grand now. Um, right, you know, right. You know, my whole thing was, and I was talking to Bobby about it when we are talking about tickets, is that people dove into this NFT craze. I, I, is Top Shot even a thing? Like, I don't even know if that's a thing anymore. I don't even see people post it anymore.
0: Yeah, I, you know, I, so I was one of one of the first ones, I guess, on Instagram to be vocal about being against Top Shot and NFT. So for me, I I dabble in a lot of different things besides this. Um, And if I own something, right? So an NFT. So if you're telling me I can buy this clip of LeBron dunking, but I can't use that clip um, and sell it in a picture frame and make thousands of them to sell is like, you know, LeBron game winning dunk or whatever the moment is that they're selling, then that means I don't actually have the rights to it and I don't own shit. So what's the point in having something like that? It makes no sense because I'm pretty sure you could just buy a picture frame from Amazon and load whatever video you want without having to pay NBA top shop for it. So to your point, yeah, I think it's dead.
1: Okay. <laughs> I, I thought it was dead. <laughs> um, but we, everyone, everyone that is in the hobby world kind of saw what was happening. Well, anyways, so top shot was going off, and I'm sitting here myself like, "This is crazy! How are people paying all this money for these stupid that it produced is- 30,000 of? No one gives a shit." So I said, "Man, what's a real NFT? Well, oh, a-, a ticket, a ticket. That's a real moment, right? Yeah. That's a moment in time. Like you were that person that had that ticket was physically at that game. Presents that moment in time, whatever that event was, whatever happened with- inside of that event." That's that ticket that holds that reality of what happened that day in that moment. So I bought a ticket. I was talking with Bobby. And him and I had spoken. And Bobby's really, really smart. And after we had spoke, he must have spent days. And I'm not saying hours. I'm, he must have spent days. just Right. And, and he just started going crazy and buying Just all sorts of amazing pieces. So you know, the ticket thing for me spawned from NFTs. It really did. Like I just kind of put this light bulb in my head. I'm like, well, why aren't people buying tickets? Um, And there's plenty of there's plenty of people that are buying tickets now and and making really sweet purchases. You know, like I think Bobby purchased a uh, a Kobe Bryant game. That's a cool ticket. I've been searching for three months now a LeBron James black mask uh, ticket where he scored 61 points, which was his highest scoring point game ever, um, at Miami. And I just can't find that ticket anywhere. I don't, it's not graded. Yeah.
0: yeah I, I like the ticket thing. and And when you guys explained it to me further of like, Hey, number one, they're not fucking printing tickets anymore. Period. Like you, when you, I mean, perfect example was when I was in New York and the Yankees were going to be in the world series. Um, or I was hoping they were going to be in the World Series. I, I bought tickets for the World Series, and I didn't even get a ticket. I got a freaking email saying, you know, if they make it to the World Series, here's your tickets, and you scan them on your phone. Um, back then, though, they did give the option of going to the – to the um, stadium and getting a printed ticket, which I think should never go away, but I imagine it's going to go away here soon. Especially and even COVID. furthermore with COVID, yeah, with COVID, of course. Because um, I think, weren't you saying like for the Super Bowl in Tampa, they had like credit cards, right?
1: Yeah, you got some, um, obviously, the scan that you can do on your phone, but every person that went got like a, I think it was like a $200-something dollar, uh, Visa gift card that was a uh, Super Bowl logo all over that you can use out of the Super Bowl. They did, however, send them tickets like a month and a half later in the mail, which is pretty cool. But, that is cool. Ag- but again, that ticket wasn't used, right? Like, it was never never at the, at game. the game. Yeah, It, did, it, it rep- didn't, the it ticket.
0: Represent- yeah, go it represent-
1: ahead. It represents a game, but it wasn't at the game, yeah.
0: Right, right. So and so that ticket didn't breathe the same air as Tom Brady did that day, right? As yeah. As... <laughs> As if you were, you know, I think you got one, right? The Shrug game, like right? Michael yep. Jordan Shrug game. So that game he hit all those three-pointers, which I think was game one, right? Um, that ticket, game used ticket that you have was at that event. And that person that had that ticket witnessed that event, which to me is awesome. And I think um, Darren, uh, I can never pronounce his last name, the uh, sports yeah. guy, that he's super into tickets. I think he, you know, what he said best, I think it was him, was, the Holy Grail of tickets is like, you know, Jackie Robinson's debut game ticket, right? Like mm-hmm. that ticket is a not only was it a monumentous sporting event, it was a monumentous event in time and history. So like, you know, when you put things in that context, I I, I don't see how the ticket market's not just exploding. And I, and I guess it is, right? I mean, like yeah, you said, it is. that day you posted that Kobe, I immediately said, fuck. And my wife was like, "What?" And I'm like, "Brandon just posted this ticket," and I and I tried to look on eBay immediately. And I think even the day after, they were twelve hundred or fifteen hundred bucks, and I couldn't get one. So should should have bought them then because I know I know.
1: With, with him uh, getting inducted in the Hall of Fame and Jordan giving his speech, we're going to see another increase in all of Kobe stuff.
0: Absolutely. So I, you know, for what I did, so for the tickets for me is more of a collection piece so i kind of want stuff that not that they have meaning for me but just certain things like so i i went and bought kobe and lebron's last matchup that i bought that ticket and sent it to bobby um to send off for grading because i'm horrible about all this stuff uh i always rely on other people especially you (laughs) (laughs) i've I've noticed (laughs) yeah so um but that's i mean people don't know so we we do have a a pretty tight-knit group of people and we've We're always texting each other. And then recently we started doing the FaceTime calls to just kind of talk about what we're thinking about as far as plays and and different markets and things. And I think some of the stuff that we are looking into now that if people are really curious, they can look on your Instagram story because you're always posting stuff. But I think maybe we'll wait to talk about some of those things to get Bobby on. And then we can all talk about those things and all the uh, madness that Bobby and the time he puts into um, researching the stuff. I mean, we all do. Uh, i think bobby maybe takes it to another another notch even above what you and i do
1: yeah I, what bobby does i was doing with cards right and like i was i touched on football basketball baseball hockey pokemon dragon ball like i'm i'm in six or seven different card fields and it's a lot of information to have to understand and know and bobby just was like you know what man I'm gonna wipe my hands, cleans of cards, and I'm gonna go into this. <laughs> he just right, dove
0: right. in heavy on comic books and tickets. So I, before we move move on, because uh, I want to talk about NBA playoffs and teams and stuff too. But um, what, what's your take on all these new grading companies? Oh man, like uh, HGA or is that what it's called? The one yeah, that does the, yeah. the color blast? Yeah. So you got uh, HGA. I mean, SGC has always been around. Um, you got csg so you have all these other people that are doing grading now we're trying to make a push to fill that void i guess where bgs and psa are kind of lacking um and if you're in the hobby i don't we don't have to explain how they're lacking but you know there's definitely gaps there
1: so my my take on it is it kind of goes back to earlier what we had touched on if you're a collector and you like your card sealed in a presented slab i think these other because it, it gives those, those people an outlet, right? They're like, listen, I can't really pay PSA prices right now. PSA is closed down. So I'm going to send them over here. I don't really give a crap about the company. I just want them preserved in a slab so I can present them in my office or in my house or whatever you want that, that person wants to do. So I think it's great in that aspect. It's also great for the people that are just trying to do quick flips and sell and great, this, That and the other... Know how much that's working out for people i mean I, I look at Luis robert his uh his base rookie a psa 9 is 20 bucks that's crazy a, P- a psa 10 is 80 or 90 dollars so if you get a uh don't know hga nine five does that mean that card's worth 40 bucks uh,
0: so know? when last time i checked ebay comps um when i was trying to figure out what the best route was because i just have a mountain of cards at my house They were comping pretty close to PSA and BGS prices. Um, I don't know if that's dropped with with everything kind of correcting, but I'll tell you what. I was super surprised that the people and I and I say whenever I say the hobby, I'm talking about like mostly the Instagram community, right? People are fucking snobs, man. Like people, (laughs) they're they're like hating on HGA on on CSG. I mean, I'm one of those.
1: I'm one of those snobs though. So I, w- I will throw that out there that I am one of those PSA BGS guys only. So just for the sake right. of
0: Right. No, no, no. And I, and I, for PC purposes, a hundred percent. Right. But for me, the way I looked at it with CSG before they did their recent price increase was like, I have these 200 base cards sitting here. I was going to send the PSA um, some base, some numbered, some autographed cards. And I was like, csg eight dollars a pop no subgrades. screw it um and i just went with the with your advice from back in the day two years ago was uh you know it's a multiplier so let's just grade them and get them out of here so i can concentrate more on tickets comic books and whatever else our little group is thinking about doing next (laughs) which which i have i have another thing that we have to talk about that's uh we'll talk about the off air (laughs) okay yeah yeah so yeah, th- yeah, there is some pretty, I think. I mean, from what you sent today, I believe that's your stuff. So we will talk about that off air. But let's talk uh basketball a little bit. So you are slowly becoming notorious for being a John Morant hater. And I only say that because I always see what you post. We always talk about it. But then now I'm seeing other people post it and tagging you in it. Um, so I, I like John Morant, but I'm starting to see and maybe get swayed a little bit by your thinking and, and what you think <laughs> of him, too. So
1: I, I've become this, like, villain in the uh, the basketball <laughs> community of, of anti-John Morant. Um, I, I want to be clear. I was buying Zion heavily, John Morant next to him, and Kevin Porter Jr. Like, those were – and Brandon Clark. Those were my four plays that basketball season. Um, I sold them all after I graded it. I let them sit for a little bit. I sold them all before. And so I made some good money on them. But after watching John Morant, um, he's just so inconsistent, man. Like, I just don't see it. He can't put a full game together unless he's having just one of those games. And one of those games happens very, very seldomly. Uh, and, and when he does have one of those crazy games where he puts up 35 points again, which is once every 15 games, they usually lose that game. Um, the, when they play the best as a team against opponents, he's not the highest scorer. He's not the first, second, third. He's like the fourth or fifth. Um, I know he right. does a lot. I know he does a lot more as far as facilitating um, with his passes. Yep. But when a guy is known for missing dunks. Uh, That's not really a guy I want to invest in. (laughs) I I don't want to put all my eggs in the basket for the guy being the almost best of something and almost making that dunk and almost making that shot. Like that's tag my money into.
0: I got you. So I I think um, not for investment purposes, but just from watching basketball, I, I like them, but I do see what you're saying. Like, but they are winning, right? So they're in the playoff hunt. I think they're, clinch the play-in spot today um, but yeah he's he's and he's kind of a weird point guard because he's not really a traditional point guard I don't think his assist numbers are high um, I think he takes a lot of shots like he's a volume shooter streaky shooter um, he's got that weird form yeah he's um, not
1: he's not really good from outside of the arc so my, my thing with it though is that when you weren't talking about basketball, it has to correlate to card value, right? So when when he's priced above Jason Tatum, how the hell does that make sense? And listen, I still think Jason Tatum has a lot more to prove. I think this year we were all expecting him to be that guy. And Mm -hmm. he was very inconsistent too. He has great games, but he has some bad games where he's like, hey, where are you at? You're supposed to be the franchise player. Um, I just don't understand how he's priced above Jason Tatum. How is he? Pri- How is he priced above Donovan Mitchell? How is he a price above? You know, at at one point, Anthony freaking Davis. Like, ugh, like I don't understand that. Like, why is Lomelo Ball Prism Base selling for twenty something hundred dollars when you can go buy an Anthony Davis Prism rookie for that? How yeah, I, th- does that make sense?
0: I, so I think from I was thinking about that earlier. I think it it, it has to be. Because the box prices are so high, right? Like, I mean, that's the only thing that d- makes sense.
1: D- d- is- yeah, but, but you say that, but there's no way that it sustains. Like, as right. soon as everyone gets their cards back, the prices are going to come down. That's how it always works. And I was a, always a big believer in grading and selling immediately because you're right. most likely going to get your max dollar in that moment unless the player just comes out and he's an absolute rock star, right? Like uh, like Tatis, his stuff went up, but I think he was more of a gamble. Or-
0: or Zion, I mean, they're they're struggling a little bit, but
1: Zion, up Zion's monster a monster
0: number. He is Zion, putting up Zion's monster
1: a, numbers. Zion's a buy, dude. I, I was I was great in selling my Zion base PSA tens uh, around release, and I was selling them for about eight fifty ish around there, and I was selling them like hotcakes. Boom, they would always they come in, and I'd sell them just as quick. And John Morant had a bigger gap. I think he was like 550 around there. Or so, and I was selling those too, just getting them in and out. I mean, I think Zion bases are now like 500 bucks. So if I would have held on to that Zion card thinking, okay, he's going to be who I thought he would be, which he is doing that. I'm at $500 value right now. Like Zion is a buy. If you're looking to invest in something that's undervalued, it's Zion Williamson. It, it, there was oh. no reason there's no reason why Zion and John Morant were priced around the same about six months ago absolutely no reason why right
0: no and, and i think um if they missed the playoffs his prices may dip just a little bit and you know you got to do your own research but i I agree with you I think he's an absolute buy and for me, the turning point like I always thought Zion was a good basketball player and uh I wasn't, I wasn't 100% sold on him like you were, but then a couple months ago and I looked at his player efficiency rating and he was like number three. I, I remember I called you right away and I was like, holy shit, he's number three? Like, I had no idea. And then I started paying attention to him a little more. And uh, when he gets, when they figure out how they want to support him in New Orleans, they're going to be dangerous.
1: Listen, so, someone told me, well, Zion puts up all these points because teams let him get to the rack. Listen, guys, I'm not <laughs> sure if you ever watched a game but he's getting tripled down low. And he makes, yes, he has some ugly layups. But they always go in. Right, They always go in. So he clearly knows what he's doing with his body in a position. He puts his body in to make the layup. And the guy is just, uh, I mean, look at Giannis, right? You know Giannis right. is going to go to the rack. You just can't stop it. You know Zion's going to go to the rack. You just can't stop it. And Zion's actually gotten really good. With uh, with dishing the ball out, um, to, you know, kicking off the Lonzo or Ingram to hit some threes. So once that starts to develop better, you're going to see a huge jump. I mean, he's going to be really good, barring right. injury. He's going to be really good.
0: Let me, uh, yeah, no, I agree a hundred percent. What else? I mean, we're we're creeping on an hour. How you feeling? I'm I'm good, man. You're good. Is there so? It, is there anything you? You want to talk about, I don't, I don't have to always drive this, uh, drive this bus. You know what I mean? So, I mean, my plan for the podcast is I would love to have you on as much as you want to be on. Um, I would not dare tag you the co-host, but if, if you want it, it's there, <laughs> but I know like, uh, like Lane, Lane has agreed to come on LJ, LJK cards. Um, I'm sure I could get a, a lot of different people on our little group of guys, uh, Fuddy Rippin'. Ripping ship. yeah. Uh, Bobby, we talked about um, your cousin Drew, right? He could come on, and he's and he's got a whole different perspective. With uh, is he's he still soccer. heavy in the sneakers, soccer, the, the oh, yeah. reselling of the, all the Supreme stuff? I just sent him a bunch of uh, brand new Supreme stuff. He's supposed to be cutting you a check too, because I think I owe eat some dough. Um, do you? Over- yeah. Yeah, 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 I do. You keep forgetting, which is nice, but. <laughs> But I, I guess, real. I, I just thought of this real quick. So, uh, like LeBron, uh, there's a little, not controversy, but I, I saw some comments from an account this week about LeBron. Is LeBron a buy or sell in your eyes? LeBron, in my eyes,
1: as you know, and as everyone else knows and knows me, is the greatest basketball player of all time. I'll say it again. LeBron is the greatest basketball player of all time. I don't yep. think he's ever a bad time to buy. Um, I do know that his tops Chromes have come down. Uh, there might be a correction on those because those were pumped. Not everything gets pumped, um, right. but some things do get pumped. And some of those things I stay away from. The tops Chrome was one of those things. Uh, you start looking at specific cards of his and low pop of his, I think those are the cards that you want to go after. Um, knowing, so the one thing in the hobby that I continue to see just go up steady. And I mean hobby, I mean sports cards are on card autos or, you know, first couple year autos of great players, uh, LeBron James, right. Connor McDavid, uh, Kobe Bryant, um, Shaquille O'Neal stuff. I'm not sure if you've noticed, but Shaquille O'Neal's uh, on-card autos from like flawless and exquisite. Uh, those cards are crazy money. Um, right. So, those type of cards just keep gradually going up. I made a mistake of not buying a couple of LeBron autos that I wanted to about 8 months to a year ago and now they're just they're just out of this world. Um and they just keep going up. If you look at the big accounts, the cards that they have are going to be patch autos. They're going to be autos. Like they're going to have these nice cards because they know those are going to stand the test of time, which they do. Right? Yeah. So think, yes. Um, so, yes. Yeah,
0: so LeBron's a buy. <laughs> LeBron's a buy. Always a buy. LeBron's always, always a buy. No, I, I agree with you. I think he's he's definitely the greatest basketball player of all time. Um, if I was gonna, I, you know, and it's hearing myself say that is hard because Michael Jordan is always going to be the goat to me, right? So if, if but I think from a pure basketball standpoint, yeah, LeBron is the, the greatest basketball player of all time. But for my my top three. Um, and people are probably going to think I'm crazy or maybe not, but it's Jordan, LeBron, and a lot of people would say Kobe, but I I would put Shaq right there. I mean, Shaq completely changed the game, and if you didn't watch him come into the league and do the things he did, then you don't understand why I say that, but if you watched basketball in that era or that time frame, I mean, the dude – you know, I I didn't see Will Chamberlain play, but I did see Patrick Ewing play – Hakeem Olajuwon Alonzo and he absolutely dominated those guys well Hakeem
1: Hakeem did school Shaq though his first couple years he did
0: yeah yeah he did but once Shaq got over that learning curve I mean he was always lazy on defense and people will always say he was lazy on defense and probably didn't rebound as much as he should have but the dude was an absolute force Um, Yeah, I I think
1: I think LeBron and Jordan are one and the same in in respect to being number one of all time. And I say that because without Jordan, we don't have the NBA we have. So you always have to give him that nod because he did so much for the game of basketball. He he made it cool uh, with you know Nike and global like everything he did. He transcended basketball. So for me, I will never say that Michael's not a number one but Jordan is also a number one they're
0: both 1a
1: 1b type of
0: you know number one yeah right yeah I mean for me the only the only difference for me is when I was a kid right so you're talking about maybe my perspective is different as an adult but when I was a kid it just it seemed like if the Bulls had Jordan and Jordan was on the floor they had a chance to win it didn't matter if they were down by 30 at half. It didn't matter if they were down by 5 with 30 seconds to go. You just always felt like if Jordan was on the floor, they had a chance to win because he was going to will them to a victory. You know what I mean? Oh, um, of course. I don't. Yeah I, yeah. I
1: I feel that way about LeBron in playoffs, <laughs>
0: not in regular yeah, season. No. You know, you know, he, he I feel that way in playoffs. Are they are the Lakers going to make the playoffs? I mean, I know they got that playing game, so well, he's they not lose playing games.
1: I don't games. think he's playing tonight against the Rockets, and I don't. I think uh, AD. Is, if they lose this game tonight, um, I think they slip a little bit.
0: So I, I don't know what the betting line is. I don't know. I, I just the way I looked at it when AD said he wasn't playing tonight was it's the Rockets. They have the worst record in the league. They're not worried about losing to the Rockets tonight. So why not give AD a break? LeBron doesn't need to come back tonight and get hurt against the Rockets. I think they're going to be good to go. I mean, you throw Gasol out there with everybody else and they should be fine. Yeah, Gasol. <laughs> <laughs> I know they got drumming, but you know, I'm just trying to prove my point. My point So, there. So, should... so we so we've got tonight's game, then
1: you have got yep. against the Pacers Saturday, and you got against the Pelicans Sunday, and that's it.
0: So, I'm 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 super looking forward to the Pelicans game because if the Pelicans can somehow win. That might be a huge game with or without Zion. I mean, I, would, I hope Zion's going to play, but if they lose, I don't know if they play tonight or tomorrow night, the Pelicans, they might just shut him down for the year. But is, you know. isn't,
1: he, isn't he shut down already with his finger?
0: He is, but I feel like if they have a chance to make it to the play-in, you know, come Sunday, that why, you know, why would he not play? If people play yeah. for far, far less or far worse injuries than a broken finger. I mean, it's the NBA. They just tape it up and –
1: yeah, but there. but but what they uh, actually they're they're pretty far behind, dude. They're thirty one and thirty eight. Where the number yeah, and uh, it's yeah. I I, I don't yeah. see them playing at all. Dude. Th- I don't think it's worth it. You get bounced by the Lakers.
0: <laughs> right, right, right. So I guess if the Lakers win the last two, then do they avoid the play in?
1: I think so, but they need to have Dallas lose as well. Right. So the Mavericks need to lose. Lakers need to win. And uh, it would be perfect harmony. That matters, man. I, I don't think the play the in matters for LeBron and AD if they're healthy. I think they smack the crap of whoever they play.
0: Yeah, the bottom feeders. Um, man, we made it a whole podcast, essentially. We didn't talk about Luka, and that's okay. I'm tired of talking about Luka in general. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. he's he's a phenomenal basketball player, but I don't know. I I don't know. He's not my th- investment choice. The thing about these players is
1: that Luca is priced as a three-time MVP. Um right. John Morant is priced as a one time MVP. Zion is priced as a two time MVP. Like, these guys are built in haven't gotten yet. Like they haven't achieved right. anything. Like they've had great moments, but they haven't done anything. So you're betting on these horses, and what happens in year five, six, seven? You don't have an MVP. You haven't gone deep in the playoffs. You've been on shitty teams. Then what happens?
0: Right, right. So let me – I got a couple more um, buyer cells, and we don't have to go super in-depth. So like KD, is he a buyer sell?
1: I'm not a KD fan, so you're going to find a
0: a bias. I Stay away. That's all right. just me. What about uh, Russell Westbrook?
1: Great player. Love to watch him play. I know he's had a little spike just now, but I think that's probably the last spike that we're going to see because he's not going to do anything in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, you know, as phenomenal as he is, I I, I think he just has like a stigmatism to him, right? There's two things. I think – Some people don't like his approach to things as a a teammate, but like you can't really argue with his stats, but he doesn't win. So for me, it's like I was talking to my buddy about this. Like, I'm a diehard Orlando Magic fan, and we've been losing for a very long time. I would not want Russell Westbrook on the Magic. Like, I wouldn't care that he was putting up a triple double every night and we're losing 60 games. So,
1: no, I I agree with you, but I, I also think he just had his spike. I think his, yeah. that window for his game is gone now after this triple, double, triple, double record. There it is. That's what you were looking for. Here it is it's time to sell.
0: Yep. Yep. So what about, uh, so shifting the baseball, uh, Robert by yourself.
1: I didn't see the power from him that I was expecting. He was making contact with the ball. He was being patient at the plate. So he, he has some plate discipline He didn't have the power I was expecting, man, and now with his hip, I don't know. To me, I would just – I'd wait. I would wait. (laughs) I would wait. Right. If if you you have any, Robert, I would hold it, but I wouldn't be buying any unless you're getting really good deals.
0: Right. All right, well, what about Soto? He's having not that great of a season from what I understand. I don't follow him that well, but what do you think about Soto?
1: Um, he's been doing pretty well too, man. I I just think that he was, I think he was way overpriced, um, you know, to see a gold Bowman first auto of his coming close to 70 grand. I mean, are you kidding me? Wow! I mean, that is nuts. So uh, for me, my, you know, my office buy was a I just thought that he was drastically undervalued in comparison to Tatis and Soto. And look what happened. He's been playing phenomenal this year. He's already had two injuries. He's come back from each one of them. He keeps playing well. So, you know, I think he's leading the league in home runs right now. Um, So, yeah, I just – I think Acuna – I think you could still buy some good stuff of Acuna. Tatis, you know me. I've always said stay away just because he's always injury prone. I mean, now he's got COVID after he got a vaccine. So, I don't know how that happens. But now he's going to be out for a little while. Um, That's the second or third time being out this season already. A guy can't play a full season.
0: Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you jumped right. I was going to ask Tatis next and you hit on Acuna. Um, Yeah. Soto, I'm just looking at his stats right now. And uh, um, someone did a comparison with him and Jordan um, and Jordan's stats are like double or triple of what, what Soto has right now. Um, And the price discrepancy is crazy.
1: Yeah. But Um, Jordan
0: doesn't field. Right, right. No, he's you know he's a DH guy, so there's it's nothing sexy about the DH guy. But mm-hmm. what about a uh, buy or so on Bobby Witt Jr.?
1: <laughs> I think I think you made a, You're a very smart man. If you made a lot of money on Bobby Witt when Bobby Witt was getting just launched out of this world, um, right? You know, I, I knew that coming into that that draft class or that product with uh, Dominguez that. Bobby Witt was the most pro-ready out of all those guys. I still think Bobby Witt's going to be a really good player, but are we going to see it? When is it going to be? I don't know. Um, I don't know how much this stuff's come down. I would probably – I'd be a buyer if it was a good price, but I don't know if the people that were buying at the highest height are going to be willing to make that big of a drop in value to sell the item because they're in so much already in on it. So I don't know if he's right. a buyer. I haven't really looked at this market
0: I, you know, I think um, it's it's crazy because, and, and we've talked about it before, is like not only with cards, it's like knowing sports as well. And Bobby Witt's a perfect example. Dominguez is even a better example. So we could jump right into Dominguez. Like <laughs> someone, someone and I quote told me in the last six months that Dominguez was going to make his MLB debut this year. And I was like, you have no idea what you're talking about. That's not how this works. He is not going to be on the Yankees roster this year, next year, maybe the third year if he's on fire, but they don't bring prospects along like that. Um, it takes years to make it to Major League Baseball, um, and we're talking about a 16-, 17-year-old kid. Now, granted, like you, we talked about Soto earlier, Soto's 22, and I think this is his third season, right, in the Major leagues or fourth season, so it, it yeah. can happen, but it's super rare, even for someone like Dominguez. I mean, whose spot yeah. is it taken? Yeah, I, well, it's just not like your team's all that great. <laughs> hey, hey, we're we're second. We're second right now. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, dude, I, I just don't see him coming up. Obviously, I, I, he was an extended spring, and I think he's getting some action right now. Um, I don't think we see him for another year and a half. But for him, he's going to be this mythical creature like Wander has been for the past couple years, where people are right. just like betting on the horse and betting on the horse because he is young dude and he's really really good so right you know, right. I, I don't the good thing about prospecting at that level is, is that you really can't lose right because there's different levels to making money in the prospecting you got the release of the product you can buy the card and sell it within a couple months when people you know the product dries up or you can hold it until there's you know he's getting some action and um in the minors or in spring ball and all of a sudden people are hyping him up like they did with Bobby Witt. You know, Bobby Witt had a really good spring and people are throwing tons of money at him so you can make money on it there. And then you can make money when he gets caught up to the big leagues. And then guess what? You can make money when he performs in the big leagues. So there's so right. many levels of prospecting baseball, Bowman chrome first autos, that it's just uh, – it's fun. That's why guys do it. Guys do it and they're really good at doing it because I know that there's five different levels to make tiers to making money in, in prospecting right. baseball
0: right yeah and and if you can hit on a long-term prospect that you like for whatever reason it is then it could pay dividends big time so just it's just i mean i think with the prospecting it's more the chase than anything else right oh of course for me for me it's uh, i just like to collect the guy i don't know for whatever reason like i i'll read all their stats and look at them and then i just hone in on whatever it is. Like this year for me, was was uh, Alika Williams for the race. And then uh, there's like that shortstop for the Nationals. I think he was like a second round pick. I'm, I'm losing his name right now, but uh, he was like a 19 year old kid. So I was like, oh, I doubt he has any power or anything, but he's super young. He got picked in the second round, skipped college, got pro money. I, I'll grab a couple of his autos for super cheap. Um, and when I say cheap, like those guys, the diamonds in the rough, or the late first round, second round—if nobody's watching them, you can get their autos, refractor autos, for twenty bucks or less. So those, I yeah. think, are worth are worth. You know, if you're going to send something to BGS for a year and a half of wait on it, then that might be worth it to do that with those.
1: And, and that's that's the penny stock aspect to it.
0: Yep, one hundred percent. What about all right? So shift into the NFL. Kyler Murray, buy buy or sell? Buy. Bye. Daniel Jones. Bye. Drew Locke. Sell. Did he, I, I think it's very interesting that the Packers might trade Rodgers to Denver or any of the places that they mentioned. But, man, I felt like Drew Locke had the juice there for a minute and then it's like, I don't know if Denver's giving up on him, but it seems like the sports world has. Or the hobby has for sure. That's crazy.
1: Yeah, I I just I just don't understand how they pumped Drew Locke up though, man. Like he didn't have all that juice. He had some. But the thing is, is that not every quarterback is going to be good from each draft. Right. But yet but yet every everyone's buying like look, everyone's buying Herbert. They're buying Burrow. They're buying Tua. They're buying Hertz. They're buying Jordan Love. You've got five guys right there. Five. Yep. You'd be lucky if one of those guys stands the test of time in a year or two or three.
0: Or two. Right. Right. I mean, trust me, I know I'm I'm sitting on a lot of high end Gardner Minshew. (laughs) (laughs) So it it is what it is, you know, but, you know, I'm a Jags fan. So that's part of the reason. But like, I just it's unbelievable. I I still think he's good, though, bro. I do, too. I don't care if he's got a noodle arm. (laughs) <laughs> or that's what people—that's what people say. He's got a noodle arm, but I like him. I like he the marks. He can move
1: around the pocket too.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, and we'll see with Trevor Lawrence and this new draft class coming in what, what the deal is. You know, um, and that's what—that's this is what sucks about the hobby is—and uh, it—it is what it is. But like my Jags were the lowest priced team in every single uh, box break. Case break. And then all of a sudden, Gardner caught on and the price went right up to like Kyler Murray and Daniel Jones prices for when, you know, when they're rookies. Then the price dropped back down. And then now I will not be able to afford to get into a Jags case break because of Trevor Lawrence.
1: No, absolutely not. Not going to (laughs) happen.
0: No, it is what it is. I I mean, I'm a Jags fan, so I hope he does do well. And I'm going to have to convince you to maybe split a case or two of contenders and try to get every. Trevor Lawrence, we can, but we'll see. Oh my God, that's going to be so freaking expensive, man! Jeez, I don't even want to think about that. Not what so with Burrow and contenders. What, what do you think the average price was when contenders came out? Not optics, just regular contenders.
1: What I was playing paying per team for a break. Yeah, for a case break. What was it? I was paying, I think, like a grand
0: or twelve hundred bucks for Bengals oh, okay. each case break. That's not bad, actually. Looking back on uh, it. that was. That was yeah, brilliant on your part.
1: But that's why I kept buying him, because there was such a disparity between the Bengals and the um the Chargers in case breaks because Burrow was injured, but Burrow was honestly a better quarterback than what uh than Herbert was until he got injured. Right. So with with less options and obviously the worst line in the NFL, to be able to do what he did, I thought was unbelievable. So I was I was looking at it from that like where, how can my money go further? Okay, it can go further because I'm paying less for a good quality quarterback uh, in the case break of a team versus paying for the Chargers and he still has a room to go. Like he has room to grow. He should be just slightly below Herbert, not drastically below Herbert. And that's how I looked at the case break value.
0: Right. Right. What um. Before we, we shut it down. Uh, what do you think about Select and them deciding to bring it to retail this year?
1: Man, so you know me, I, I love Select. Select is my favorite product out of anything because the yep. tie dye is just spectacular, the tiger's awesome, and the zebra's sweet. I don't, uh, the retail. Everyone was so upset about the retail. And and to me, to an extent, I was too. I mean, there's a lot of different levels. Like Select's a great product to rip because you get a lot of rookies. It's rookie heavy. Um, I don't know why they're so upset, though. I mean, Prism's overproduced. Optic's overproduced. Uh, Select was the third tier. And it's not like they included the hobby stuff into the retail. Everyone's like, oh, well, they put Zebra in there. I'm like, yeah, in a die cut. No one wanted the right. die-cut crap inside a select hobby anyways. Every time that I hit a die-cut color, I was like, fuck, I don't want that. Like, it's trash.
0: <laughs> so
1: yeah, good. Put it in the, the retail stuff and let everyone be happy that they got color. It's not numbered, right. except for, you know, I think the tie-dye inserts are, are numbered in retail. But it's not numbered. It's, it's all die-cut. So it's a distinguished difference from what's a release in hobby. Everyone in hobby should be happy. Everyone in retail definitely is happy because now they can touch it for retail prices. Everyone should be happy, period.
0: Right, right. I think I think people were upset because of the, the amount of rookie quarterbacks in retail and then not so much the die cut and the color, but just the amount of silvers, I think, is what I saw from looking at Instagram stories and, and seeing the comments is that people, I guess, feel like it's going to be flooded. But to your point, everything's already flooded. So I, I think... Yeah. I think from the last two years, right, everyone saw the gradual price um, increase in boxes for hobby. And then everyone knew this year the prices were going to be fucking bananas. And they are. I'm really curious next year to see if we're going to keep seeing this uptick and, and how long it can keep sustaining these prices of uh, Honda Civic for a box of cards, right? Like,
1: listen, if, if you're buying Panini product to get silvers, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> like, yep. like yeah if you're gonna open shit you're yes a silver helps you out but you should be looking for the color and the p- other parallels like that's what you're looking right. for so to be great right. and you gotta you gotta remember and it's not like if you're hunting the silver this isn't 2018 where silvers were kind of rare this is 2021 everything's a prism
0: yeah yeah that's true it's true I, I mean, we'll see what stands the test of time—a a silver rookie quarterback or a numbered—and and and it was—it was, it was kind of weird there for a while, where the numbered stuff, some of them, depending on what people like, again, a bunch of fucking snobs, right? Um, like to this day, I still don't understand the Bowman thing—like why people hate Gold Wave and Blue Wave so much, and they're willing to pay double for a regular blue. Just, I don't get it. Or there or was, the green, there was little... green to 99, you know, like a green 99. People hate them. It's still numbered to 99. There
1: there was a correction, though, with the waves and the uh, shimmers kind of came up, right? When Bowman right. was yeah, no, off about two months ago.
0: Right. And I, so, and I think, I, and when I looked at that, right, so I saw that and I was like, oh, the prices are coming up. But I didn't know if that was the ignorance of new collectors not knowing this level of snobbiness and uppityness, right? Or is it actual correction? You know what I mean? Because there are, I would, you know, there's so many more collectors now than even a year ago. I'm, so I'm going to say, think, I always think I'm about say it's the new guys. I want to say it's the new guys not knowing better. <laughs> right, right. I, I, I 100% think so. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, then they'll learn and the prices won't come back down on the fucking shimmers and the waves and all that stuff. Yeah,
1: Ridiculous for things. sure. Yeah. So I I I personally am not a fan of the shimmers and the waves just because I think it distorts the overall photo of
0: the card and the player. The aesthetics of it all. So all right, um before we sign off, I'll just get your your hot take real quick. Who who you got in the NBA championship matchup? It's super Ooh. early still.
1: Oh, that's really early. <sighs> I never bet against LeBron, so I'm going to go Lakers. And I'm going to go, Nets are going to make it, but one of their yeah. big three are going to be injured
0: and not okay. play the finals. I got it. I'm writing this so, down so we can revisit this later. That
1: That's what I'm saying because then it gives
0: a story. And the NBA yeah. loves stories. Yeah, I don't even know who's number two in the East right now. Is it um, Milwaukee? Sixers, I
1: guess. Sixers? Is it? Yeah.
0: I don't know. I just yeah, I don't know either. This Giannis is never gonna make that breakthrough, huh? God man, I don't know. Sixers team, Sixers are actually number one. That that team is uh
1: that contract's gonna screw that team too. It's not like they're gonna be able to bring anyone. Who the hell wants to go to Milwaukee? No one. <laughs> yeah, absolutely Nobody. no one. Oh, Brooke Lopez, that's it.
0: <laughs> yeah so yeah I think that's good I think Lakers Nets um yeah I don't see anyone beating the Nets playoff time and my personal feeling is if the Lakers make it to the championship I still don't think any I think it the championship goes through LeBron so
1: dude Harden has I don't to care be if real- he's
0: 50 I agree Harden has to be really
1: injured to be out almost the entire season
0: yeah, and that's the thing is I didn't even realize he was out until the other day. I was like, "Damn, Harden hasn't been playing this whole time." This What's wrong? Whole entire hamstring or growing?
1: One of the two, I think. I think it was a hamstring yeah. or quad, some something leg related, lower extremity.
0: Hamstring's no joke. I I tore mine once, and you if you don't heal all the way, you tear it again very easily. Yeah. Well, all I know what is about uh. Go ahead, sorry. What? No, you, you go ahead. No, no, I was going to say, so, like, uh, you're in Tampa, so you think Tom Brady and Gronk's got the juice for one more run, or?
1: Oh, man, if if no one gets injured, oh, they're going to ride it all the way back, baby, if no one gets oh. injured. But they got so lucky last season, I just don't know if they can replicate the no-injury bug again.
0: Yeah, that's true. I, I think that's the biggest difference. I mean, there's injuries are always at play, but in the NFL, it's, like, literally any moment you could lose a lot of people.
1: They got better in the offseason.
0: <laughs> so Yeah, like... <laughs> they they did. I I was surprised. I was not I was not a believer in Tom Brady and the Buccaneers and I only paid attention to him during the season cuz you guys and uh they definitely turned it on playoff time. So
1: Dude, they were they put on a damn show. You like you said earlier, you
0: can't bet against uh LeBron, you can't bet against Brady. Right, I just for me, I, I always hated Brady because uh, I I rooted for the Jet or the, I always root for the home team, the Jags. But as a kid, I was a Raiders fan and uh, I wanted my last memory of Brady was throwing that pick six in their playoffs the year before. But more power to him. I'm a believer now. Like I think he's definitely the goat um, across the board. So, but that's listen, that's just me. listen.
1: He he's a boatman. He's got a nice boat now down here. He's throwing trophies off of boats. He's getting drunk, drinking tequila during the day. I mean, he listen. He's a Florida guy now, right? He's he's no longer a Boston guy.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just better get used to him, I guess. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool, man. It, uh, this was good. I, I hope you. I hope you liked doing this. I'm glad to have you. I'm glad you're the first person I had on. Um, if all the podcasts are this easy, I think it's going to be a good time. So.
1: Yeah, no, dude, I, I appreciate it, man. It was a really good uh, conversation, and anytime that you and I chat on the phone, it's always great,
0: so I appreciate you. Thanks, man. Uh, I'll probably call you right after this.
1: All right, brother. Thanks again, man.
0: Thanks. Later. Thanks for listening to the of Wax Podcast. Please, if you enjoyed it, share it. Um, send the link out put it on your story I welcome all feedback and comments send me a message let me know what you're thinking about what you want to talk about and if you want to be a guest on the show I answer all my dms I think it's weird when people don't that's another story for another day again thank you for listening I appreciate the support and all the love peace